could, could, he, could he become even more awesome? Yes, he could. Woo! He gets better every day. Amen? Listen, man, I just, man, man, the presence of God here, Jesus is in this room, man. Are you happy about that? Are you excited about that? I just feel led to tell you this morning that you didn't show up for nothing. Did, did you know, man, I just got this real sense, man. I, just Jesus is here. He, he wants to touch you this morning. He wants to move in your life in a special way because you are special to him. It's really that simple. He loves you this morning. Do you believe it? Listen, there's no such thing as an ordinary day in the kingdom of God. Every day gets to be extraordinary, extraordinary. Do you believe that? Do you understand, man? I was just thinking about this this week. Every day we wake up, we wake up with Jesus. Some of you are unsure about that. Every day we wake up, Jesus is like looking at us going, hey, hey. <laughs> He's like, hey, let's go. Come with me today. Listen, Jesus, man, every day we wake up, man, Jesus wants to do something new in our life. Jesus is not boring. He's not mundane. We don't live on yesterday's presence. Every day is a new day with him. And every day we wake up, he wants to show us something new, reveal something new, do something new in us, and do something new through us. Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 and 19 actually indicates that God wants to do something new in your life every single day. Do you believe that? I hear music. I mean, I asked Michael to come up and, and just play this morning as I preach. Is that okay? Oh, man. I, I, you know, if we would just wake up every day and just turn our affection to him. Like literally, man, like we've been given so many options in this world. And we've just made Jesus one of them. Like what if we woke up every day and Jesus was it. He was the reason for the season. He was our only option. What if we put him above everything else in our life? Like what would happen? It's real simple. You've heard this your whole life. What if you made Jesus first place? Like what like what if what if he was the biggest deal in your life and you didn't just add him to your life, he became it. What would start happening to us? I would like to suggest that you and I would begin to live in an adventure of a lifetime where every day, man, it was just him. We didn't add him. It was just him. And we just begin to walk with him and run with him and listen to him and let him use us. And every day would be the most powerful day of your life. There'd be no such thing as a boring or mundane day. Every day would be exciting, inviting, and adventurous and powerful. I've been beginning to experience this, man. I haven't had a boring day in a long, long time. I'm, I'm serious. You can ask my wife. Man, we begin to just, not just include him, but make him our everything, man. Jesus wants to touch you today, man. And when he touches you, your life is never the same. Those that are listening online or watching online, Jesus wants to reach through the computer, through the TV, through the whatever, and touch your life this morning. I, I, I read a testimony last night. It was about from Christ for All Nations, Daniel Clintus, Ron Harbanke, the ministry that he started. And they were holding this huge crusade in Africa. And there was a woman that had been in pain for 25 years of her life, riddled with pain. And she wanted, the, the crusade was in her town, and she wanted to go to her town so bad and, and be a part of the crusade. But she, she was, had too much pain in her body to leave her home and go to the crusade. So they were broadcasting it on the radio. And so she turns the radio on a Daniel Kalinda preaches the gospel. And at the end, he starts praying for healing. He says, if you need healing in your body, just put your hand on whatever ailment that you have. You, you know that, that when placing hands, is how powerful that is. You, you know why it's so powerful? Jesus tells the disciples, these signs will follow the believer. They'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Why? There's nothing special about our hands. But there's something really special about what our hands represent. You know, we have a hands-on Father. 
He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so he could get his hands on us in a loving, intimate way. He's not distant. He's personal. So when we lay hands on the sick, it represents a father that wants to get his hands on his children. And when the father touches you, it's over. When the father touches you, you shall be healed in Jesus' name. Do you believe that? That's why Jesus says, oh, man, you don't understand. You think your hands aren't special. No, what your hands represent is really powerful. All of a sudden, your hands become the conduit that his power is released through. And so this woman listens to the radio, puts one hand on her helmet and one hand on the radio. And Daniel prays, and he gets done, and she stands up. And all of her pain from 25 years is completely gone. She... She makes her way to the crusade and is telling everybody. They bring her on the stage. She shares that testimony. Then they ask her if she knows Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. And she gives her life to Jesus in that moment. It doesn't matter which order it comes in. You understand that, people? What matters is the encounter with God. Oh, man. Man, just feel free right now to receive this morning. Because it ain't about me. It's about the man with the ultimate plan for your life. And he's here. shared that testimony I want to share testimonies this morning I want to stir up faith in the room I want to share some testimonies we actually have someone here this morning that's been a part just recently joined the street ministry team and she's been coming and 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 she's going to come up in, in just a minute and share a testimony about her first time going out and seeing the spirit move in the harvest field and now she's hooked it's everywhere she goes. I, I, I want to do that. Is that okay this morning if I just stir the pot and, and build our faith this morning? I, I, I want to do, because the last time I preached, I talked about uh, how plentiful the harvest is and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I do want to do a little bit of a recap with that. But, but before I even do that, you know, everything's spiritual. So I, I just forgot to make a couple announcements this morning. So can I make a couple announcements this morning? <laughs> Listen, if if you've never been a part of the Ross Birmingham equipping track, I just took off running this morning, didn't I? And let's don't stop. Let this be a part of it. If you've never been a part of the Arise Birmingham equipping track, it starts next Sunday for the next three weeks from 3 to 5 p.m. in the afternoon. Some, some of you have done it. If you haven't done it, go to our website, sign up for it, find one of the leaders, tell them you want to come. It's such a powerful time where you actually learn about the story of the church, how the church got started. You engage with the culture and just really hear the heartbeat and the vision of Arise. And then on the last week, you actually take a five-fold test and you see which office you are and you can actually have an opportunity to sign in and, and see where you want to serve and plug in. Is that good? If you want to be a part of that or if you've been coming for a little bit and you're like, man, I want to get more involved, that's the way the equipping track that starts next Sunday from 3 to 5. Amen? Amen. It's still spiritual, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> We have some needs in the church as well. If we need more people, if you're interested, to do the lyrics and the words on the screen. For the next three things that I say we have needs for, we, you do not have to have gone through the rise clipping track or go through it. This is just an area that you can uh, sign up and serve. If you want, how many know that you can encounter Jesus while you're doing the lyrics on the screen? 
We also need somebody to do children's check-in, more people to do children's check-in. I was just talking with Link this morning. He loves it. It's an amazing way to engage with new families, get a, a, a sticker on the kids, send them on their way, and you're back in here at least by the second worship song. Cool? We need somebody to hold babies and change diapers and love on our babies in the nursery. If you feel led or called to do that, find Melanie in the foyer and tell her one of those three things that you want to do. Sound good? Uh, and we promise we won't take advantage of your, of your time. If you just want to do it once a month or, or every other month, whatever that looks like, my wife's waving at me. Coffee. If, if you want to help in the mornings, uh, right now Alexandria is the only one doing the coffee in the mornings. So if you want to help get the coffee ready and get it brewing so everybody can enjoy a cup of coffee, it's about to start getting a little cool, at least I hope it is. Let us know. Okay, you ready? If you weren't here, also this is important. If you weren't here last week, and, and you, Jeremy and, and Caroline cut sort of tag team, Jeremy asked some questions, and Caroline shared on the prophetic culture here at Arise Birmingham. And not only the prophetic culture, she shared about just what God's doing in the prophetic in this season. And I, I promise you, if, if, if you haven't heard that yet, it will bless you. It marked me last week. And then she released a prophetic word over the Capital C Church, just called out her destiny, pulled out the gold in her, like just declared who she really was. It was so powerful and challenging at the same time. You, it's a must to go back and listen to that. Are you with me? And it's not just my wife because I would listen to anything she would say. It was powerful. I, I, the last time I preached was just two weeks ago. I talked about the harvest and the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me set up this sort of testimony time, okay? And, and we, we said that the harvest and the Spirit go hand in hand. You actually can't have one without the other. In order to bring in the harvest, you have to have the Spirit and power. And the reason we have the Spirit and power is so that we can fulfill the assignment that God's given us to go and preach the good news. Are you with me? Listen, the Great Commission is impossible apart from the Spirit and His power. In Jesus' name. But with the Spirit and His power, it, it becomes a fulfilled dream. It becomes something that, that we can actually go and do and be a part of. Are you with me? You remember what Jesus told His disciples? He was crucified. He, he rose from the, from the grave. They had about a 40-day window where he spent time with his disciples. And right before he ascended to be back with the Father and the Spirit came, he told his disciples, hey, go and preach the good news to all creation. But before you go, wait in Jerusalem. There's something really important that you need. Right? He, they, he said, wait, because the Spirit's going to come. And when the Spirit comes, you will receive power. And then you will be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and ends of the earth. Are you with me? We cannot be a true witness for Jesus without the Spirit and His power. Do you understand that? The Spirit is a game changer. Jesus says in John 15, 26 and 27, He looks at His disciples and says, Hey, the Spirit's going to testify about me. In other words, Jesus says, this is going to be a move of the Spirit. Are you with me? The pressure is all, this is going to be a work of the Spirit. But he also says, but the Spirit needs someone to move through, and that's going to be you. You're going to testify about me so that... You're, not no, you're no longer waiting on a move of God. The Spirit came. You step out and become someone else that He can move through. We're the vessel, the mouthpiece, the conduit. Are you with me? It's so exciting, man, that we get to be a part of this. If, if, if we don't have the Spirit in power, we'll actually talk ourselves out of being used by God. Because we'll think that we don't have what it takes. And you're exactly right. You don't have what it takes in and of yourself. But because we have the spirit and power, we have everything that we need. Fully equipped, fully empowered. Oh, the same power that God used when he exerted Jesus from the, from the dead is the same power. We walk around loaded. And, and then we, once we realize we have the spirit, we realize it's not actually about us. It's about the spirit in us and on us anyway. We're just a vessel. Are you with me? We, we realize this is not about what I go and do. This is a part of who I am. 
This is not about doing something. This is about being in love with Jesus. And the overflow is just letting the Spirit work as we step out and put love into action. Are you with me this morning? I want you to see it's so much easier than you think it is. The first reason why is because it's not about you. It's about the Spirit in and on you. He has relieved us from ourselves. He doesn't need you as much as you think he does. But he's chosen you to be a part of this thing. The Spirit is a game changer. If we're not dependent upon the Spirit and power, we might actually take it upon ourselves to make something happen. And Jesus has already said, man, it's finished. You don't need to make anything happen. If we try to make something happen, it'll look like a performance. And Jesus has already performed on the cross. He performed so that we can rest in Him. He performed so that the Spirit can come and rest upon us. Oh, man. If we're not dependent upon the Spirit and His power, it'll become more about what we say and how we say it rather than just opening up our mouth and letting the Spirit move. He's always on point, y'all. He is so perfect. I see that. And I've been getting experience that every day of my life. If, it's, if we're not dependent upon the spirit and power, we might get discouraged when we pray for someone and nothing changes or breakthrough doesn't take place. We might walk away feeling defeated and discouraged and stop stepping out. But when we are dependent upon the spirit, we know every time we step out, the spirit moves. Something happens. The seed is planted. The seed is watered. So we don't walk away discouraged. We walk away going, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you always have my back. Because it's not about me anyway. It's about you and I love for the people around me. I'm not focused on the outcome. I'm dependent and focused and have faith in Him. And He never changes. So I continue to step out no matter what has or hasn't happened. He remains the same. So I do too. Woo! So it doesn't matter what has or has I just continue to step out. As a matter of fact, what doesn't take place moves me to cry out for more and even step out more because I know who the Spirit is. This is a move of the Spirit. So get out of the way, but get in the way. The other reason that, that the harvest is so plentiful is because uh, like, like people are desperate for an encounter with God. People are hungry. They're looking for an encounter with God, man. And they might not know that they're desperate for God until we introduce Him to them. And then they go, man, this is it. Do you understand that everybody, whether they realize or not, they're headed towards the cross. Everybody is walking towards the cross of Jesus Christ, and we just get to help them, guide them there. Are you with me? Everybody's looking for Jesus, and we get to make it easy for them to find him by the way that we live our life. This is our purpose, our mandate, our calling. This is everything, y'all. You want to come alive? You start running with Jesus. We, we can't just stay at the cross, man. It's a great place to be and we get filled up and we encounter and it changes our life. At some point, we turn from the cross and look into a sea of people that need him and we run to be a soul winner because this is what we're destined for. You want to never be bored a, a day in your life. You wanna, you, you're tired of waking up and doing the same old, same old. Oh, man. Give your life to Jesus. I don't mean like, doesn't mean you, you, maybe you're already saved, but I'm like, like really give your life to Jesus. People are desperate, man. The Holy Spirit took me to these scriptures uh, this week, and he said, Wes, this, this scripture right here, Psalm 63, 1, describes what's happening in our world. And it says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And I kept reading over and over and the Holy Spirit said, that's what's happening. People are parched. People are looking, they're hungry for God. People are living in a dry and weary land. At least that's what they feel doesn't mean it's a reality, but that because of their experience, because of all that's happened over the past year and a half. And, and so then the Holy Spirit said, Wes, remember John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. Jesus says, if any of you are thirsty, come to me and I will give you something to drink. Hallelujah. I will give you something to drink. I will give you rivers of living water. If you are a believing believer that believes rivers, not bottles, not gallons, 
not tubs, but rivers of living water lives on the inside of you. So we get to walk up to people and let that river flow so that their thirst can be quenched. So they can encounter a God that they're desperate for. Are you with me? People are desperate for an encounter with God now. Fish are jumping in the boat. They're jumping in the boat, man. There's, there's this testimony, this guy named Chris Overstreet. I've probably shared it here before. He pulls up to a gas station. He's pumping gas, and the guy pulls up next to him, and they're both pumping gas, and all of a sudden, the bottom falls out, and it starts raining. And the guy next to him goes, man, it's raining hard. The bottom fell out. And Chris Overstreet goes, yeah, it sure is. Now, Chris Overstreet is an evangelist, and he loves the Lord, right? He goes, yeah, it sure did. And then Chris Overstreet looks at the guy and goes, you want to give your life to Jesus? And the guy goes, I sure do. And he put his thing down and walked over there and led him straight to Jesus, man. He didn't even share the gospel with him. Isn't that awesome? People are desperate, man, for a love encounter with God. Now is not the time to run and hide and play it safe. Remember I talked about that last time. Now it's not the time to hide and just and play it safe and just hope that everything works out, man. I'm going to let this, this virus just kind of blow over and just calm down a little bit. I'm going to let all the political stuff just blow up. Why everything that's happening, I'm just going to kind of play it safe. Listen, I'm telling you, man, at some point, we become more dependent upon Jesus and his power than we do anything else. I'm not asking you to be stupid. You go, Wes, you asking me to be stupid. I'm not asking you to run, dip your head in a bucket of Corona or to run and like around like a chicken with your head cut off. But I am suggesting that at some point we have to make a choice. We've been given too many options in our society. We've just included Jesus in our life. See, that's what's, to me, it's what's so exciting about what's happening right now in this time. In this time, There's a shaking taking place. I talked about this with the young adults the other night. There's a shaking happening. And the result of this shaking is that things are coming to the surface. Things are being exposed, and it's becoming really easy to see the difference between, oh, man, that's good, and that's evil. That's light, and that's dark. That's Jesus, and that ain't. And what's happening is that Christians are being awakened during the shaking and the realizing, I've had one foot in the enemy's camp and one foot in the kingdom camp. I have found myself straddling a fence. And so now we're being made that, to make a choice. Because it's, it's clear, oh my God, you don't, you don't even realize that you're lukewarm until something happens. It's going, man, I've been distracted. Jesus, has just been another option. i got to get off this freaking fence and run with the king. Uh, and it's becoming easier and easier. And so the choice is ours too. You're in or out, up or down, hot or cold, yes or no. Jesus or bust. And if you'll choose Jesus, if you'll become above everything else in your life, I would like to suggest that you'll experience an adventure of a lifetime. You'll begin to see the power of the Holy Spirit move in you and through you like never before. Are you with me? We got to stop being afraid. We got to stop running, hiding. We got to stop. Man, Matthew 8, 2, over the past month has changed my life. I've read it over and over throughout the weeks over the past couple months. Matthew 8, 2, Jesus is walking and a crowd's follow him and a man with leprosy comes and kneels before him and says, Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, Jesus could have just said, man, be clean or be healed. Notice what Jesus does. He touches that man with leprosy. <laughs> he touches him. He didn't have to do that. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with people with leprosy. Neither did they want, I mean, much less like touch them. Why did Jesus touch that man? He was showing us something. He knew who he was. He knew whose he was. And he knew what he carried. He knew he didn't have to catch what that man had. But he knew that, that man had to catch what he had. He knew he carried the healing power of the Holy Ghost. At some point, y'all, we make a choice. We make a choice to be all in. We stop being afraid. We arise and we shine for the light has come and the light lives and dwells within you and I. Amen. I am not saying be stupid. I'm just saying at some point we're more dependent upon Jesus' power than anything else. 
Wes, you're crazy. I know it. And I want to get crazier and crazier. 2 Corinthians 5, 13. If you're crazy out of your mind, it's for the sake of Jesus Christ. I want to be so out of my mind that when people see me coming, they see Christ in me, the hope of glory. And everything else that's trying to come in the way of what God has for people's life just parts like the Red Sea. Woo, here comes Jesus Christ. Come on. I'm not saying I'm him. I'm saying that he lives in me and has possessed me. Are you with me? There's only one Christ. But that one Christ has chosen to dwell inside of you and I. At some point we realize that we are possessed. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, we're good. Hey, listen. So, so let's stir up. Let's stir up our faith. I want to I share just a couple of testimony. And, and testimony is so powerful because uh, uh, two reasons. This, um, there's more than this, I'm sure. I'm going to give you two reasons. One reason is because Revelation 19.10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I know those words. A testimony is what Jesus did then. Yeah. Prophecy is what is to come. So what Jesus did then, he wants to do again because that's the nature of who he is. Are you with me? When, when, when we share testimony, we're literally prophesying about what is about to take place. We're literally inviting Jesus to come and do what he does best. Does that make sense? That's powerful. So when you're hearing testimony this morning, you can receive it for yourself. Somebody else's breakthrough gets to be your breakthrough because the nature of Jesus is to do it again in your life. And it doesn't have to be the same one. Somebody could be sharing a testimony about their knee being healed, but your back needs to get healed. You can receive healing for your back because the testimony doesn't just point to the miracle. It points to the one who performed the miracle. And Jesus paid a price for every part of your body to be healthy, healed, and whole. So whatever you need in your life, you can receive. Does that make sense to you? Isn't that good? This is not just about the miracle. It never has been and never will be. This is about the miracle worker, Jesus Christ. The other reason that testimony is so powerful because it builds faith. My expectation, when I see or watch a testimony, hear a testimony, I'm like, man... I'm reminded that, man, Jesus wants to get what he paid for even more than I want to see it. I'm reminded that Jesus is available to move, and I'm reminded that the Holy Spirit is on point and never comes off of his assignment. And so I'm just like, whoa. I was at the Love Lady Center last Sunday night. I preached the gospel. We had ministry time, and the first lady that came up did this. Just go ahead and start receiving healing right now. Just receive whatever you need. Just get in receive mode. Here's a testimony. The first lady that came up, that needed healing. She had pain in her neck and in her shoulder. And so I just began to pray. How do you know that Randy Clark says, how do you know you have faith? You're willing to pray for the sick. It's, you can start with a mustard seed size. But when you begin to see God moving, look out, mountain. Look out, mountain. You know what I'm saying? So she I got pain. She had damage. And so we just prayed. And we got through praying. And she took a step back. And I said, don't be nice. How's it feel? She said, it doesn't feel better. It feels completely gone. And she begins to move her neck around. And I, and I, I, I just watch it. I'm going, oh, Jesus. All of a sudden, my face, I was like, line them up. Who's next? Because when we begin to see God move, ultimately what happens is, is any dependency we had upon ourselves flies out the window and our dependency goes on, men. this is who the Father is. And the more dependent you are upon Him, the more you will see, I promise. God is never the problem. I'm not saying we are. I'm just saying at some point we're willing to step out with a mustard seed size and watch it grow. Alexandra, will you come up, man? So, so I, we're going to share a couple of testimonies from, from street ministry. And, and street ministry is going to be the example, but this is ultimately a, a lifestyle. Does that make sense? The reason we have street ministry on Saturday morning is for this to become a lifestyle. Can I do a shameless plug? Come to street ministry next Saturday from 12 to 2. We meet here at the church. Just try it. Yes. Man, I'm busy on Saturday. Man, it's family time. Whatever. I understand. Do your thing. Do family time. I, I get it. I understand. I, I'm selfish with my family too. A lot of the times. We have to be. 
if there's the slightest bit of inkling inside of you right now to be a part of, just try it. Bring your whole family. I bring Jethro with me every Saturday. And it's real easy because when people see that you have a kid, they'll let you pray for it. It's like, okay, you know, whatever. I don't want you to, but since your kid's here. So Alexandria, she came uh, two months ago, I think, for the first time. And she went out. I paired her up with a guy, a man named Beatty. He's always here. Uh, James and, and Beatty Juniors, Carmichael, their dad, he's, always, he's just tearing it up for Jesus. And I paired her up because I knew that I knew she would see some things. <laughs> and so I, she's going to just share just a couple of things that she saw and kind of what, what that did for her. I was really nervous at first because I was, honestly, I love encouraging people, but I was really afraid of stepping out for healing for people because, but I was hungry to see my faith rise up because I knew it was a part of the promises of God and thankfully I was paired up with Father Beatty and his lovely wife PA and they knew where I was and they were so kind about it because we went to Walmart um, just down the road and Father Beatty was leading in prayer while PA and I were doing intercessory nearby. And it was really cool to just watch him, to see him, to kind of soak it in. Like, he was so comfortable and loving and kind to people, but he was also taking authority over pain in their bodies. And we came across this gentleman who really, you know he needed prayer. His whole arm was wrapped up from his fingertips to the middle of the forearm in a lot of gauze. And he went up to him and he introduced himself. He asked if we could pray for him. The man panicked and ran away. He said he had to go find his wife. So we're walking around the store. We just let it go. That's fine. We come across a lady in the aisle, and she's in one of those scooter chairs to do shopping, and her feet are turned in. You know, when someone sits in a chair, they don't turn their feet in. And so Father Beatty goes up to her and asks if she has pain in her body, and she said that she did. She said she can't walk really well she had immense pain in her feet so we ended up like praying for her feet and all of a sudden this huge smile comes across her face and she doesn't say anything to us at first she just gets up out of the chair and she starts walking pretty good like this like this y'all and right as she's walking the same man who ran away from us came around the corner for his wife and he stops and he's just staring at his wife and then his heart is so touched because he said she couldn't walk like that and he said you can pray for me now and so we ended up praying for his hand he said he had terrible trigger finger and he had a surgery that Tuesday we're praying on Saturday he said he didn't want to do it he's afraid of surgery so we prayed for his trigger finger and he said there was no more pain he said he's just going to get the doctor to check it when he goes in for his visit and Father Beatty asked if they believed in Jesus, and they said they didn't know Jesus. Someone in America doesn't know Jesus. How crazy is that? And so he led them to come to know the Lord. He left them a booklet that kind of gives instructions of what it means to be a follower of Christ, some next steps to get plugged into a church. And he bought all their groceries. He even made them buy more groceries, and we just spent the time with them to help them grocery shop. People are so hungry. They're hungry for more than groceries. They're hungry for love. They're hungry to be seen. They're hungry to be known. They're hungry to be healed. And um, I went. I was just awestruck at the end of the day, and I went home, and I just relaxed, and I went to the pool, and I ended up talking to my neighbor, and we're going back up because it starts raining, raining. And I just was like, hey, Doug, what? do you have pain in your body? Just listening to the Lord. And he's like, yeah. And I started sharing with him about seeing people get healed and a man get healed today of trigger finger. And I was like, that's cool. I actually have bad trigger finger from a hockey accident. And he's like, can you pray for me? And so I just put my hands over his hands and you can feel it shaking. And we just started praying pain to leave and to peace to come. And that hand went from shaking to being still. And he said, there's no more pain. And that's in the beginning, y'all. Recently, just going out 
whatever doing I'm doing daily life, St. Clair's very patient with me. That's my sister. She lets me wander. And um, just praying for people in the grocery store has been the most remarkable thing because we came across this gentleman. His name was John. He's, he's 78. He had a gigantic bag of groceries from Aldi's. I asked him if I could help him with his groceries to put him in the car. He said no. I asked, are you sure, five times? And then he said yes. And I, as I'm putting it in, I just noticed scars are on his knees. And he's kind of like just hunched over like this with his walker. And I asked if I could pray for him if there's pain in his body. And he said, yes, you can pray for me. And as soon as St. Clair and I lay hands, and we just invite Holy Spirit to come and to touch him and to love on him and for no more pain, he just all of a sudden starts straightening up, and he's got tears in his eyes, and he said, there's no more pain. He had tremors. We didn't even pray for tremors. Tremors were gone. He was totally healed. He let us pray for his son who's going through some dark things right now, believing in healing for him, but God is just everywhere. He's just everywhere. He's waiting to love. Isn't that awesome, man? Does that stir your faith a little bit? Like, like she just came for the first time and she was a little nervous and she, she started off just watching and then she was like, I can do this too because it's not about me, it's about the spirit in me. And you begin to, to discover just how electric you are. You know what I'm saying? God is so eager to move and people are so hungry for this thing. I want to share with you uh, it, the, the last miracle that I saw at Street Ministry. First of all, let me say this too. This is so important for you to understand. Because Alexandria mentioned that that couple that got healed also gave their life to Jesus. The greatest miracle in the world is when someone gives their life to Jesus. Does everybody understand that? Let me be really clear about that. It's one thing for people to receive physical healing, but it's a whole other thing when the healer comes to live inside of them. Are you with me? So that they have a home in heaven one day and so that heaven can get inside of them today and they can begin to walk with Jesus. Are you with me? The, the, I, I, want, I want to share with you, it was just a month ago, the coolest, I, I, I would say the coolest miracle I've probably ever seen. Jordan was right there standing with me. He came. And, and we were in Walmart, and Jordan and, and Beatty were right there, and I've been praying for others. That was the Saturday. I just went up to two people, two boys, man, teenagers, and was praying with them and asked them if they wanted to give their life to Jesus, and both of them said yes. And right there on the spot, I shared a quick gospel. They invited Jesus into their life, and I told them what that meant now. Isn't that amazing? I walked up, and Jordan and Beatty are figuring out that this man has really bad uh, sciatica. Sorry, Jordan, it left me. He had sciatica nerve, and it just it was just, he was in such pain. He was in a motorized scooter, and could barely, I mean, couldn't even really walk. And then his wife was there with him, and we are finding out, and uh, um, that we were sharing with him. And we've seen people heal, healed from this. And so he's in his motorized scooter. And we all just get around him and put our hand on his shoulder. And we begin to pray. And, and what happens is, I, and I'm, you know, sometimes when people start feeling something, it's usually heat or something like that. So we go, man, what, are you feeling anything? He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> and we said, what are you feeling? He says, I feel cold. He said, I feel these cold tingles. Wow. I think it started like in his back. Wow. And then so we just, we just got real quiet. We just said, well, something's happening. So we just didn't, we didn't touch it, you know. He's feeling cold tingles. Then with him, we said, are you feeling anything now? He goes, oh, yeah, now it's in my head. Wow. These cold tingles. And all of a sudden, I see his hand, his right hand start to move. And I said, man, do you feel something in your hand? He goes, yes, those same cold tingles. And I said, man, you have pain in your hand. He goes, sure don't. Nothing, no pain in my hand. And I'm thinking to myself, this is so interesting. But I'm, I'm like with you, Jesus, whatever you're doing, you know. And so we got done and we said, okay, man, you got to test this out. Something's happening. And he gets out of his motorized scooter and he starts walking, like power walking. And his wife is like, he has not been able to do that in years and then we say, how's your pain? And he starts bending up and down. He said, all my pain is completely gone. 
and his wife is beside herself. So I get this notion, like, man, Jesus is here. So I say, excuse me, ma'am, his wife, do you have any pain? She goes, I'm partially deaf in my left ear. And I said, okay, let's pray. And so we begin to pray for her left ear. And we get done, and we begin to snap our fingers and talk. She goes, I can hear better out of my left than my right now. And I said, let's line this thing up. You know what I'm saying? So we just began to pray for both ears. And while we, when we were done, Jordan was standing right there. Her husband was standing five feet away, and she could hear him talking. They left the motorized scooter and finished their shopping trip. Isn't that awesome, man? I, l- listen, man, I, I just, I want you to see, I want you to know. Man, the Spirit, He's there. He is available everywhere we go. And we get to give this thing away. And it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, that, that I'm giving examples, kind of extreme examples this morning. But this is also in our daily life, our attitude, our work ethic, how we treat others. And then also our willingness to step out in faith and afford the Spirit an opportunity. Just, I got like three minutes, right? What time is it? I got four minutes. I, I want to share with you, I, I just shared with you the very last, one of the coolest miracles I've seen. Can I share with you the very first one I saw at Street Ministry just really briefly? Uh, six years ago, we start Street Ministry. I remember calling Jeremy up on the phone like, bro, like, w- we're supposed to start this thing. And he goes, I know. Kind of like, Wes. Let's go, you know. I'm like, bro, I don't know what it's going to look like. And he goes, I know you don't. <laughs> Listen, my brother, like, if, I, I, I'm, if, it, if it doesn't make sense on paper, he's all for it. You might not meet somebody that has a bigger faith than Jeremy Springer, my brother. It's just the way he leads. It's the way he does things. And he goes, bro, just choose a Saturday and go for it. <laughs> and I went... Bro, that's brilliant. That's the greatest plan we could ever come up with. So we put a Saturday on the calendar. We announced it the next Sunday, and we had street ministry. So we showed up, and I said, I don't know what this is going to look like. I'm nervous, but we're just going to go out and see what happens. We, we go to Winn-Dixie right, right there in Irondale, and, and we get there, and I meet this lady, and she's putting groceries, so I just run right up to it. And I, listen, you got to understand, I'm still learning and growing. I'm somewhat new at this thing. And so I just walk up to her, can I help you put your groceries? Sure. Can we pray for you? We're out praying for people. There are different approaches to take, and all of them are awesome. I don't have time this morning to go into the different approaches. I've tried a lot of them. That would be more of evangelism training, which we are going to have coming up when we launch Arise Global. But... A, a, a simple way to do it is, hey, we're out praying for people. Can we pray for you? Jesus loves you. <laughs> yes or no? And she goes, I would love that. And we grab hands and the street ministry team, we circle up and start praying. All of a sudden, another car drives up and says, what y'all doing? We said, we're praying. She parts her car and joins the circle. Another guy walks up. Another car walks, drives by. What y'all doing? We're praying. She parks, joins the circle. We're taking up hat, like six or seven parking spots now with a prayer, prayer circle. And when Dixie, I look over my left shoulder, and there's a guy with his elbow out the window in the car. I've shared this testimony here, but like probably right after it happened. I, I, and I break the huddle. The Holy Spirit highlights to me, and I run towards him, and I, I, I get to the car. I'm a little apprehensive. I'm a little fearful. You know, how, how many of you know that it, it's not that fear is so bad? As long as you don't let it have you, 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 you can have it, but don't let it have you. Fear can actually be a normal thing as long as you don't obey it. I don't obey a feeling. I obey what God's called me to. And that's actually how love begins to cast out fear. You ever wondered, man, God, I know you love me, but how to get rid of this fear? Do something. Dude, step out. Watch his love come with you all the way. Next thing you know, you're like, man, I ain't afraid of nothing. God's with me. I get to this guy. He, I, man, we're out praying for people. You need prayer? Yeah, sure, whatever. I'm praying for finances. I'm praying for different things. Man, have you ever given your life to Jesus? I grew up in Sunday school, man. My grandma took me to church. I've read the Bible, but I've never done that. Would you like to do that, man? Maybe another day. 
His sister comes out of Winn-Dixie with a bottle of Advil. She had a dry socket when she got her um, wisdom teeth taken out. She's grimacing. She goes, y'all praying? I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, come on here and pray for my teeth. I said, yes, ma'am. We come out. I go to the other side, and I just simply said, Jesus is in love with your teeth. That's all I said. He's in love with the teeth. That was a marking moment for me, y'all. I didn't think of that. I didn't hear that. It came out. God is in love with your teeth. And I realized in that moment, in a real way, this is all about a love for people, man. It marked me. This is not about seeing a miracle. This is not about seeing healing. This is about a love for people. And I remember as it came out of my mouth, going, oh, God, you really are in love with every part of who we are. He is an inside and outside God. He cares about every part of us. And she goes, Jesus is in love with my teeth. I said, yes, ma'am, he is. I said, if you'll let me pray for you, let's just see what happens. Jesus, we, I believe he'll heal you right here. And we prayed, and we got through prayer, quick prayer. It was just, Jesus, touch her, man. He's not only able, he's willing. And all of a sudden, she begins to open her mouth up and down and looks in the rearview mirror. And she looks at me, and she goes, what did you just do? I'm still new at this. And I said, ma'am, I didn't do anything. I said, Jesus is in love with your teeth. It's that simple. And, and she's looking, and all her pain leaves to the point where she goes, what am I going to do with this bottle of Advil? I said, I don't know. But you don't need it. And she, is, she begins to yell in the car. I mean, a little bit to the point where I'm kind of like, man, like... Oh, like, you know, people are going to think something crazy is happening over here. And it was something crazy happening. And her brother sitting there sees the whole thing happen. And I said, okay, now, Jesus has demonstrated his love and his power. And now you have an opportunity to respond. How will you respond? He goes, I want him. I come on the other side of the car and he gives his life to Jesus right there. And thus began, it marked me forever. I need you to also understand this. It doesn't always go down like that. There are people that don't want prayer. There are people that, I think probably the worst thing that's ever happened is I asked a lady in Target if she wanted prayer. And she took her buggy and said, no! Turned her buggy around and ran down the other aisle. And I was like, And the Holy Ghost came over me in that moment. And I stood in the aisle and I began to cry and pray for that lady. And the Holy Spirit said, Wes, no one is safe from the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, I call your faith-filled risk a success. She's mine. Everybody stand up. As Michael plays, really all I want to do is just lay down. I don't know what you need this morning or what you came for, but just put your hand out in front of you and just let Jesus do it for a minute as Michael plays. If you need healing, receive healing in your body. If you have a broken heart, let him put it back together. If you need empowerment to be all that he's called you to be, just let Jesus set you free and on fire for him. Whatever you need, just let him do it this morning. If you need to come forward, man, and get on your face, if you need to come and kneel, whatever you need this morning, just let him do it.
touch us this morning. Jesus, touch us this morning. Touch us this morning, Jesus. We know that you're not only able, but you're willing. Jesus, meet bodies this morning. Jesus, bring healing this morning. Jesus, fill us up this morning, overflowing, so that we can be a blessing to the world around us without us even having to try. Jesus, don't let it be about what we do. Let it be about you. Jesus, touch us this morning. Jesus, fill us up this morning with your love, with your compassion. Possess us with who you are this morning, Jesus. We give you our heart. We give you our mind. We give you our soul. We give you our body. And we give you our spirit. Jesus, take over us, Jesus. Empower us to be all that you've called us to be, Jesus. Have your way in our life this morning, Jesus. And we say yes this morning, Jesus, to you. Yes, we will be your vessel. We will be your mouthpiece. We will be your conduit, Holy Ghost, that you release your power through. I empower every person in this room in the name of Jesus to step out this week, to love their neighbor, to speak life over their coworkers, to pray for the sick. And Holy Spirit, I pray signs, wonders, and miracles. We become the new normal in our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. All hail the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are it. Jesus, you're it. We love you. We give you everything this morning. Whatever you need this morning, man, just stay in it. We've ran a little past our time. So if you have children in the children's area, go grab them and come right back in. If you need prayer for something this morning, man, come and see me. Let God work in your life. Amen.